Hello and welcome to Your Employment Matters. I'm Beverly Williams and I'm here to help you navigate your career. This is for anyone who's searching for their dream job or promotion, or perhaps you're just looking to hang on to the job you have. Today's work environments are multi-generational, multi-religious, multinational, multiracial, and multi-gender and multi-gender identity. Add market disruptors like Amazon and Lyft, along with the addition of AI, and it's easy to see why finding and keeping a job is such a challenge. Employment success and even employment survival depend on your ability to adapt. That's why my goal for this 30-minute podcast is to first advocate embracing change and differences, and second, to encourage you to proactively assume responsibility for your career. Get your work week off to a good start by listening to Your Employment Matters every Monday. Find out how to own your career and get the best practices for making your employment matter. Today, workplaces are multi-generational, multi-religious, multinational, multi-racial, and multi-gender and sexual expression. Similarly, the new employment reality is also multi. It's multifaceted and constantly changing. The acceptance of and respect for coworkers that may have different levels of abilities and disabilities, religions, races, nationalities, and sexual or gender orientation and expression is essential. Furthermore, employment success, and I mean your employment success, depends on your ability to stay awake, to adjust to new ideas, to remain vigilant, and to face and embrace the challenge of change. The recovery from the current public health crisis and our shattered economy will not only be gradual and perhaps painful, there may not be a return to the normalcy we previously enjoyed. So in the new multi-employment reality, my advice is for you to nail it. And by that, I mean, beginning with N, network with people of all walks of life, cultures, nationalities, and beliefs to maximize the likelihood that you will achieve favorable employment results. A is for accept feedback. Accept feedback, whatever the source. Accept it as a gift. Don't be thin-skinned about input received from someone you don't like especially if you don't like them because they're different. Never dismiss feedback cavalierly. I is for invest. Invest your time, money, and energy in yourself. Don't invest in trying to stand in the way of change at work or in your social or community organization. Resistance to change is your enemy. L is learn as much as you can about all you can. One of the benefits of working in a multi-environment is that there are so many opportunities to learn something new because everyone brings something unique to the discussion. I is also improve your skill set, which includes the ability to communicate in writing and orally. Acquire training and education by taking advantage of free or low-cost offerings Or if you're employed, 
employer compensated training. Finally, T is for tenacity. Tenacity is your friend. Whatever goals you set, put in the effort. Don't give up. Press on. View rejection as a form of feedback and use it to your advantage. Find a way to make lemons out of lemonade. In the words of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., minister, social activist, and civil rights leader, one of the greatest liabilities of history is that too many people fail to remain awake during great periods of social change. Every society has its protectors of the status quo and its fraternities of the indifferent who are notorious for sleeping through revolution. Today, our very survival depends on our ability to stay awake, to adjust to new ideas, to remain vigilant, and to face the challenge of change. Today, my guest is engineer Rodney Abrams. Mr. Abrams is a public employee who has a Bachelor of Science degree from Penn State, a Master of Science degree in management from Thomas Edison State College, and a Master's degree in strategic studies from the United States Army War War College. Welcome, Mr. Abrams. Thank you for joining us today. Do you mind if I call you Rodney? No, I don't mind, Beverly. (laughs) I don't mind if I call you Beverly. No, I don't uh, mind at all. Okay, great. Okay. Rodney, how long have you been working in the government? Okay, Beverly, before we get to I just wanted uh, to, to say, hey, thank you for uh, inviting me to your podcast. And uh, I think it's extremely valuable, uh, the information that's being put out uh, with your podcast. So I would say, you know, you only know what you know, and then the information that's being put out there, hopefully can help others as they uh, pursue their career journey. So, yes, hopefully. Thank you so yes. much. Yeah. You're welcome, because it is a journey for all of us. And, and that's exactly what it is. Yes. And so to answer the first question, my journey, um, I've been working in the with the federal government for 28 years as a civilian employee, working for three agencies during that time, uh, the Army Corps of Engineers, which um, recently, with the COVID-19, people probably heard about them in the press of uh, building the alternative care facilities. Uh, I worked there about 15 years. And then... Um, with the uh, Washington Headquarters Services at the Pentagon for about four years, and then in my current position uh, with the Department of Public Works for the uh, United States Army Reserve. So parallel to that, I have 28 years as an engineer officer in the uh, United States uh, Army Reserve. So currently a, a colonel in the uh, Army Reserves. You're a busy man. A little busy, a little busy. A little busy. Well, when we were talking before we began recording, you told me about a new opportunity, that a new role that you've assumed, a new opportunity for you. You want to talk about that too? Now that you've, you know, you've expanded your reach. Uh, yes. Well, prior to our conversation, I was just talking with one of my new, uh, one of the new people that's really part of my team out in California. I just uh, found out that selected for a, uh, they call it a command position, or so it's a position that. Give me an opportunity to lead uh, more soldiers at a more at a uh, at a higher level, uh, which is a, a brigade level of command, and that's going to be out in California. It's going to cover area of uh, Texas, Arizona, and, and Arkansas. So uh, you know, I look forward to that opportunity to be able to get that's out great. there and, and work with those soldiers out, out out there. So Rodney, why did you choose employment in the public sector rather than in the corporate arena? Or even in the not in the nonprofit organization. Okay, what's interesting? Actually, when I graduated from college, 
I went to work actually for four years in the private industry for an uh, engineering uh, consulting firm in New York City, uh, where I was a entry level uh, structural engineer working on infrastructure projects out in the field. Basically, with the exception of me joining the military, which I had always had an interest in, uh, I went to work there and it's interesting through, uh, through a networking event through the, uh, Society of Black Engineers. It was a networking event. And, uh, I, I met some people there who worked for the Corps and I mentioned to them that I interned in the, at the Corps during the summer, um, previous, some previous summers. And, um, there was actually an opportunity, uh, where I thought that was challenging for me to continue to hone my engineering and actually leadership skills. Uh, I'm working with the Corps and I want to get more into more Structural design, so that's how I end up in the Corps of Engineers, uh, uh, where I worked from 1992 until 2015. That's how I started working for the Corps of Engineers. It started actually my my public uh, my, my public service career. Uh, it was really out of my desire to perform engineering for the design of buildings and other infrastructure. The opportunity existed and there, and then I had went for it. And that's, that's a key point that I do want to make at this point in this, this interview is for, um, those who are listening, uh, always go to work. Always look at, go to work when you have an interest. Uh, when you think about the amount of time that we spend at work, getting ready for work, and then winding down from work, uh, at this stage of my life, I say, do what you have an interest in. It, it definitely will give you a more fulfilling and satisfying life. That's in my opinion. With respect to the nonprofits at that time, I guess even now, there are very few of any nonprofits that's engaged in designing bridges and buildings. Granted, you know, we have some great organizations like uh, Habitat of the Humanities that does a great job of building homes for, uh, for, for, for families and community houses. So you found your career rewarding. I can tell from the way you described it that it's given you what you needed and what you wanted. Yes. That's important. I agree that that's important. But let me ask you this. What does a young person do if they're not sure what they want? You know, which way they want their career to go? That's a great question. One of the things that I just had this conversation, people do have an interest in something. Find out what interests you. If you don't really know what career direction, what you should pursue, find out what you have an interest in and what would excite you. No, you're right. And go for that. There are opportunities, there are jobs, there may be jobs that's, that's similar to something or that'll be able to let you be able to utilize your, your, your skills and abilities in that interest to be able to uh, find employment. Also, some of the jobs of tomorrow may not even exist today. So you may have an interest in something and there may not be an industry or, or, or jobs out there today for that, for young people, but tomorrow there may be. I mean, when you think about when I came out of school, there's no such thing called uh, social media. That was a big thing when we were doing career opportunities. So, so the first thing, if you really don't know what you want to do, what are you interested in? Ask yourself, what are you interested in? And then, and then start to look at what exists out there in this environment where you can pursue your interests and still make money. Because just at the end of the day, you, know, you still have to pay bills. But what can you make money doing that, that do if you have an interest in? Well, you know, you touched on something that I think is important. Uh, one of the things that people looking for jobs today must do is to conduct research into the industry that they're in, they want to work in, into the type of jobs 
that exist today that they are interested in and see if they can find out what the projection is for the long-term life of that job and whether it's something that's going to be around. And if it is, then go for it. If it isn't, can you still go for it, but have a backup plan? Is there something else you can do while you're doing that? I advocate multiple income streams. When one dries up, hopefully the remaining one or two are still flowing. But I think people, to your point, because everything is in flux, things, as I said, employment is changing and it changes. Sometimes areas change subtly. Sometimes they change more dramatically and more rapidly, but it's change. So you have to stay ahead. You have to try to stay ahead of the curve. And the other thing you mentioned is joining organizations in your area of interest so that you can keep up and you can network. Exactly. Uh, I would say I would not be where I'm at today if it wasn't for the National Society of Black Engineers having their conference in New York City and me being a part of that and going to that and then being able to network out. They actually had a job here and being able to you know, uh, find people I worked with before and talk with them and find out that the opportunity existed somewhere. So, so it's definitely important to get out there and find those even through volunteerism yes. or uh, those, those professional networks that that's out there because that also help uh, uh, lead you into being able to find something uh, that does uh, suit, suit your interests. You're absolutely right. Volunteering is a good way to network, a good way to meet people that you might not otherwise meet, to be exposed to discussions and situations that you might not otherwise be ex- exposed to. And a lot of times people don't think of volunteering as being helpful in a job search because they're not getting paid and they need money. I mean, you know, they need an income. That's why they're looking for work. But it's it opens doors. It can open doors. Yes, and also it um, the build your skill sets. Yes. As you're working through that, it helps you also be able to uh, build your, your, your capabilities and build your skills. Well, you know, as I said earlier, the verbal and written skills need need honing. They need fine-tuning. You need to be comfortable in your own skin and make yourself comfortable in situations that perhaps before you started looking for a job, you wouldn't have been comfortable in. But you'll meet people who can open doors for you and you want to be able to put your best foot forward so that they say, yeah, you know, I like the way that person spoke to me. I liked how he or she expressed herself, himself. Maybe I can open a door for her or him. You know what I mean? And it happens as simply as that. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah. So now let's focus on career growth. Please give the listeners an idea of a few of the roles that you've had during your government employment and how you transition through each one of them. Because transitioning from role to role isn't always that that easy to do. You're right. And sure, what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to break this down, each role down. I'm gonna, I call it three levels of problem solving. Okay. Okay, because we all have to you know, they solve problems, either for, for people, business problems, uh, solve problems for people, uh, solve problems for our community. And, and the three, and then, uh, and then I'll talk about how the parallel career paths fit into each of the, the three levels of problems. So the first thing is is execution. 
with execution, usually the, the solution of the problem is given to, to us to be able to carry out and implement. This is where uh, more of the technical skills are, are used, and this is generally the first thing that people do when they enter a career, uh, either a school or if, even if, or if you're transitioning to a new career. Uh, the first level is just execution. When you're working on your technical to, to skills to, 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 to carry out a solution similar to The second one, or the next one, is um, you're given part of a problem to solve. We solve that problem, and then we execute. And then finally, the third one, uh, we're, give, we're giving a situation, and we have to identify what the problem is. Solve the problem, and then execute that problem. This is more strategic, challenging, and, and more difficult. But generally, that's Rob, as we can watch your career as, as you become more experienced uh, in your career. That third job, uh, that third set of you have to identify the problem. That's where you're you now start to work that, on that level. So now let me just talk about the uh, two career path acts, which is my civilian and the military. So first, as a DOD civilian, I worked at the first problem set. Right? I was a structural engineer just designing parts of the problem that was given to me, um, whether it be a building foundation or things that keep the building up. And at that point in my career, I was using 90% of my technical skills. Later on, I was promoted to, to a more senior position uh, where I was a uh, senior uh, engineer. In that role, when I had to identify the problem, I had to uh, solve the problem with executing the problem. And at that point in my career, I was see, I would say about 60 70% of my technical skills, but about 30 to 40% of my soft skills, uh, that communication piece that you mentioned earlier, which right. is, is, is important to writing, because uh, I was working in a team environment. And, and today, I would tell people, you've got to be able to work well with others, and, and the soft skills are becoming actually very important, because yeah. everything today is accomplished in teams, very few people break something on their own. You have to be able to work with others and communicate with others. Yeah. Um, and a communicator and a collaborator. Oh, yes, yes. Got to be able to work, as I uh, was to say, you got to be able to uh, work well in, in the sandbox. Yes. After about 10 years as a structural engineer, I made the transition to project management. I spent about three years there, and that was, again, I would say about I used about 50% of my soft skills there because that is where you work with a team across different stakeholders and across different disciplines. Uh, after about three years, then I was promoted into a, into a, a program management position where I was responsible for supervising other uh, project managers, a position I was in for about 12 years. At that point in my career, I was managing a Construction budget, the highest one was about one point, uh, $1.3 billion. Uh, eventually, I, uh, I took a job at the Pentagon because, again, the opportunity presented itself as a challenge uh, to leave the design build, construction management for about 100 people. And I did that for about four years, uh, eventually returning back to uh, New Jersey to work in my current position 
as a military construction program. My parallel career that in the Army Reserve, doing that I commanded uh, uh, organizations at the company detachment battalion, and I'm soon to take over a which the battalion brigade level one command. Being a commander in the Army is similar to being a CEO of a company, uh, where you're responsible for providing vision for that organization, setting the goals and come up with a plan ensure that that plan is executed by all the things of the organization. Uh, all those positions in the Army Reserve, as I took on more responsibility, uh, provided me an opportunity to exercise leadership at, at, you know, at, at, at I would say, increasing levels of, 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 of responsibility. Wow. I tell you, you've had a busy, you've had a busy time, haven't you? Yes, and during that time, but that's one of the benefits. It also allowed me the opportunity to travel around the world and work with a lot of different people and a lot of different cultures. That's important. I mean, this, especially in this, this expansive global world that we live in, you know, we're not the only pebble on the beach. There are many pebbles on the beach and everybody, as I said before, brings something to the table. I personally have benefited from working with a lot of different people from different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different viewpoints. I mean, viewpoints, having a different viewpoint these days is a challenge. I like to try to keep an open mind so that I can learn. But it sounds like you've done the same. Well, well you, you have to, to be able to accomplish whatever mission you set out because it's, for example, I'll give an example. Uh, 2012, I was an active duty. In, in Afghanistan, and I was uh, assigned to NATO. I was responsible for the infrastructure engineering projects to support the uh, Afghan uh, National Army and Police. My team, so I had a one officer from Denmark, different services. I had to work with logistics office soldiers from uh, Great Britain. Contractors were all Afghan. And we had security people from, from Denmark. They were also from Denmark. And so you figure all those different cultures, right? To be able to, we're all working towards the same goal. People work at different paces. Yes. Communication, you got to work with the interpreters, right? You got to be able to pick your words. Um, for different words have different meanings. Um, and pick your words. Um, um, choice of words is important. Being able to talk at a pace where others understand you. And just being a, a, a respectful of other, of, of other people. Yes. I mean, the best, the best. Respect is important. Yeah. And, and especially if you're in somebody else's country, respectful of their, yes. of their country because, it's, because you're there as a guest. Yes, okay. absolutely. You know, and, and so that carries over now and bring it back to the U.S. You have a lot of different people here. You're on the team, again, you're going to work in a team environment. How do you, you know, listen to everybody's opinion and be able to you may not agree with it, but you have to but, but be respectful so that you can at least hear them out and then be able to form your own opinion or, or, or your own argument. That's respectful yeah. of, of their position. But for sure, hey, I don't agree with the history. Right. No. You have to give people the opportunity to be heard. Yes. You know, and listen respectfully. Respect is critical wherever you are. 
You know, if you if you're respectful, if you're a respectful person, you can't go wrong. You really can't go wrong. Even if you're not, even if you're in an unfamiliar country or an unfamiliar uh, situation, if you're a respectful person, you should be, you should fare okay. Usually what I find is that in other uh, countries, the the people that their English is usually better than my my, uh, ability to speak their language. I know you're right. I know you're right. You know, but they're so patient when you try. I noticed they've been patient when I tried to con- converse with them in their in their language. They smile, but you know I can get some of the words outright. But I, I don't know whether they appreciate the effort or not. Uh-huh. That I always found people to be very gracious and willing to help me. You know, Ronnie, you said something um, when we spoke previously. You said that some people rise to the top and some don't. And I have a feeling that your experience in both the private sector, and the government. I'm sure there's some overlap there. Before we we close, would you share with the listeners some of the things that you feel are critical to people being able to move up in organizations, whether they're governmental or non-governmental? Yes, I I have 11 insights I'd like to share. And And this doesn't apply to any type of organization. And these are just my things I've learned uh, over my you know, almost three decades. So first thing I would say is to the listeners is values. You have to have core values of how you're going to conduct your behaviors during your career. Your integrity is very important. And remember that no one can, can take it from you. You have to give it away. So. First thing is you gotta have a value system. I, I recommend that to anybody sort of. What, 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 what do you value? What's gonna be your core principles? Because let me say, as you go through your career, it's gonna get tested. It's gonna get tested. Second thing is is next thing is change. Throughout your career and life journey, expect change to be constant. The environment is always changing and we have to be adaptable to that change. Even me now, I have to be adaptable to change. Uh, one of the books I, I, I recommend reading is, uh, I'm a big reader, so I'm going to have a couple of uh, recommendations. One of the books I recommend reading is uh, Who Moved My Cheese by, uh, oh, yeah. by uh, Spencer Johnson, who deal with change. Next thing is, life is not fear. Okay? Uh, there's, a, there's a saying, sometimes the dragon went. Things may not always go your way, get over it, Learn from the lesson and keep moving. Book I like I recommend reading is uh, Benjamin O. Davis Jr. Autobiography. It's called uh, Benjamin O. Davis Jr. American in Autobiography. It's an excellent book on how to achieve your goals in spite of oppression and circumstance. So just recently, uh, well, West Point United States Military Academy at West Point named a barracks uh, after him. And for those who aren't aware, he was a uh, First African Americans to graduate from West Point in the 20th century. Read, read, read. Uh, you've got to be reading. That helps you stay relevant in your uh, career. It just helps you stay relevant in whatever it is you're pursuing. Former Secretary of Defense James, James Mattis was a big reader. Uh, I would also recommend this book. Another book on careers, as we're talking about this in the podcast about careers, 
is up on is Colin Powell's My American Journey. That's an excellent book about um, how he pursued his career. But here's someone who from went to City College in New York to rise to the highest level in the military, which was typically um, uh, the chairman of the Joint Chief of Staff was typically people who went to West Point for some for him to be able to to, to, to be able to achieve that. It, it, it's just remarkable. Mistakes. You're going to make them. Uh, but the key thing is to own up to them, uh, treat them as teachable moments, and then learn from them. Look, career growth, take on the toughest silence. If that's the only way you grow and develop your capabilities. And while you're doing that, you have to also do your homework. Uh, just like uh, school, you're giving homework at the end of the day, second with a career. All the problems you're going to encounter at work, assignments you're not going to be able to work on at work, but you got to be able to do that. Then make forward progress every day. I call it moving the peanut forward. Uh, I don't know where I got that term from. Uh, uh, I borrowed it from somebody by the end of the last 14 some odd years. But every day, make progress. Uh, and, and this is uh, important. Uh, Compass with the jobs, uh, compensation, and I got one more. Compensation with, and the perks that come, that, that you receive at a job, is not because you know, we, the compensation we receive at our jobs, not because we're so great. But it's rather, that's what the role requires. And um, I'm like trying to give an example of that. In my last role, I was down at the Pentagon, uh, I lost staff. Come in, I had my admin system would do my, my daily calendar. I could pick up the calendar and kind of go. Uh, I went to go somewhere, I had drivers trying to do it, would take me driving somewhere. Uh, all of that came, it's not because I'm great. It all came with the role. My new role, I don't have any of that. Because that doesn't, because those perks don't follow you with your, with, with, with your roles. And so uh, it's important for people to remember that, that things you receive from a job, it's not because of you. That's what the role requires. And the last thing I'm going to add is so uh, just save your money for a rainy day because it is going to rain. As you can see right now, it's going to rain. But those are, those are my insights from just from my, my, my uh, almost two decades of uh, working with the things that I've done. You're the past sort of listeners. Well, I, you know, Rodney, thank you for sharing that. I mean, Hopefully, people will take notes. I know it's a little long. That's sound advice. That's sound advice. Based on experience, you know, that way, you know, people don't have to accept or take advice, but they should consider it and accept or reject it. Right. And if they reject it, they may come back to it at another time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's my, my opinion. I always tell people when I guess they use it. It's out there. Use it, use it, don't use it, don't use it. It's free. I, you don't. don't um, but the reading, the last thing, just the reading, you really, everything you need to know, somebody's kind of went through it already. Uh, and uh, what books provide, don't give you the answer, but it gives you a framework or something to work off of, something to consider, something where you can kind of framework for your mind to, to be able to think through. Yeah. Everything you, you want to go through, somebody's already went through it. Taking the time out to put it in a book. Um, the last, oh, 
I guess the last thing you want to be successful, more time reading and less time worrying about who got thrown off the alley, who the bachelor's going to pick up now. <laughs> people have to have some some lightheartedness in their in their lives. And some people love the bachelor. I've never seen it. you got to have an outlet. I agree with that. Mine's was the Game of Thrones. Oh, I love it. So, so I, 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 I do agree, but, but got to find one. But when that becomes your whole life and, and everything else, yeah. you know, then that's... Uh, well, Rodney, the next time we talk, we're going to have to talk about the Game of Thrones. That was one of my favorites. Actually, you could pick up some good leadership lessons from it also. I was just telling you. Well, yeah, you're right. You're right. But, you know, it was the dragons that got me. When they when they broke out of the shell uh-huh. and they broke, I was like, okay, it, they got me. I'm in, I'm in for the long haul. Okay. Just, I knew that was it. But thank you so much, Rodney, for taking the time and for sharing your knowledge and experience and expertise. I know that this will be helpful to so many people, especially during these trying times, because I, I think that especially with the high unemployment uh, numbers, people are going to be looking for cost-effective information that can help them move forward on their employment journey. And you've provided that today. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Rebecca. Thank you for having me on the podcast. And, um, yeah. and, and to all your listeners, you know, good luck with your career journeys. Thanks for listening to Your Employment Matters with Beverly Williams. If you found this podcast helpful, please subscribe and leave a review. I truly appreciate your support and that helps other listeners find the podcast. If you have a comment, question, or suggestion, you can reach me at bawilliams at youremploymentmatters.com. My book, Get the Job Done, is available on amazon.com and barnesandnoble.com. Please join me again next week. Until then, remember to embrace change and differences. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.